0: Um, It's an honor to be here. do this one, if you don't mind, so I can move a little bit. Can you all hear me still? Honored to be here and speak about this topic, knowledge and marriage. I honestly really struggled with this topic for a while. I've known about it since August or so, and I thought, knowledge and marriage. Um, And my mind went down the road of kind of shared interests and hobbies and getting to know one another better and um, all of those things which are um, important and important application points. Um, And to be honest, if I'm probably not the only one in here. That's been a hard one for us in our marriage. And we got married pretty quickly after knowing one another. We were pregnant really quickly. um, And we had that baby within 14 months of being married. And so we worked a lot. We were busy. And so it's not like we had this, this is who we are. This is what we like to do. This is, this is our thing. You know, we were still kind of working that out when the kids came. And I've talked to some of you who say that we were married for seven years before kids came. We had our thing. And then the kids came. And then What's our? Th- you know, who are we? Who are we again? as a, um, as a couple? Um, so you're you're struggling with that too in your marriage. You're not alone. That's something that um, that we're growing in um, slowly. Um, but um, as I talked through this with my husband, who is um, really helpful in getting this together, so shout out to him. Um, I became to understand that knowledge in scripture and in relationships, it's much more fundamental. Um, than anything um, surface, such as knowing what the person likes to do or what they like to eat um, for breakfast on Saturday morning. Um, It has a much deeper sense. And as um, Abigail so um, clearly defined these different words for us, that word knowledge, da'at, to know, gained through senses, personal or technical. I want to nuance that word just a little bit. Um, We do, and dictionaries define knowledge as facts, information, and skills acquired by a person through experience or education. Um, So we define knowledge as this kind of body of information. Um, But another nuance in scripture of the word knowledge is something much deeper and something much more intimate. Actually, um, to go even, um, to make that very clear, in Genesis 4 we're told that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and she gave birth to Cain. Obviously, he didn't recall a lot of facts and information about her. It's not how it works. Um, There was a much deeper sense of knowledge and intimacy um, that's being described there by that word. Um, And as we look at Genesis and the way that we got started, knowledge shows up really quickly. Um, It's a theme from the very beginning. In the garden, God was in relationship with mankind. He knew them. He loved them. And they, Adam and Eve, loved him and knew him in return. they had perfect intimacy with God. Um, He loved them and he longed to be known by them. Um, He created us for that kind of knowledge, um, to be known fully, to be loved fully. Um, But of course, as always, enter that choice. Um, What did God do? He set one boundary in the garden. And that boundary was? Do not eat of the tree of, do you remember what it was? The knowledge of good and evil. So that word shows up right away. And the evil one came in and exploited that and said, did God really say? And as the scripture says, you will not surely die, the servant whispered. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. And this temptation to be like God proved to be too much for our first parents When they ate from that tree, they announced they would rather do it their way. They would rather walk alone. God opened himself up to mankind. He knew them. He loved them. And we chose to betray instead. And about that knowledge that they were seeking, Adam and Eve wanted the knowledge of good and evil. What was the very first thing that they knew? The scripture tells us right away. It says, they knew that they were naked. That's their experience with knowledge. They didn't have some kind of understanding of, oh, this evil exists or this good exists. They knew the shame and the, the heartache and the embarrassment of walking their own way. It's very easy for us to judge Adam and Eve and to say, oh, I would have done it differently. You know, if I just put me in the garden, I would have chosen to walk away from that tree. You've just put down the apple. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard. How hard is it? Just don't eat. Um, But how often, every day, every hour, um, do we make that same choice? We know God's way is best. Whereas we're learning God's way, understanding it. We know. We know. Um, But we choose so often, every day, every hour, to walk our own way, to neglect his promises, to say, no, I think I've got this one figured out. I think I'm going to try it this way. I like his idea, but, you know, I think I'm going to try it my way. And every time we do that, we end up in the same place that Adam and Eve were. We don't just know that, well, you know, there's this thing called shame or embarrassment or whoops, I shouldn't have done that. We feel it. We feel it deep in our heart. We know (laughs) that apart from him, we are left naked and ashamed. And just an understanding of humanity teaches us that everybody desires to be fully known and fully loved. So what happens, and I know you've experienced this, it results kind of in a choice. You say, if people really, 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 really knew me, if they really knew what I was like on the inside, if they knew the ways that I had messed up or the ways that um, that I'm just not quite right on the inside, they probably would never fully love me. And so what do we do? We put on a show, we put on a mask, um, we hide our scars, we bury it all, And we decide it's far too risky to be fully known um, out of a fear that we could never really be truly loved. So our relationships start to feel empty because we're trying to project the person that we think will be loved rather than, this is who I am, this is it. Um, But the good news, and if you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear from this talk that the Lord came to free us from this exhausting slavery. In Christ, we find that we are deeply loved, even as we're fully known. And on the cross, Christ took all of your scars, all of your shame, all of your failures, all of your guilt upon himself. As he suffered, he wasn't merely confronted with ideas or facts about your sin. He was flooded with an experience, a deep, intimate experience of the sin and the shame that you have. There's a verse that says, God made him who knew no sin, who had no experience of sin, to become sin, to be flooded, to be overwhelmed with your sin, with my sin, so that in him we might become, we might be flooded with the righteousness of God. Jesus knew you intimately on the cross, so that you could intimately know him now and forever. In Christ, we are fully known and we're fully loved. And he's called on his church to do the same thing in our lives and in our marriages. According to the Bible, our marriages should reflect the love between Christ and his church. We're called to intimately know each other in every respect and to love each other without conditions. And now I know um, that there's a problem here. And as you're sitting out there, um, I know you because I know me. And I know that you've been hurt in this, in the relationships that you've had, in the 20, 30, 40, 50 years that you've been on this life. Whether in a marriage relationship, whether in a parenting relationship, or friend relationship, um, there are many masks and fears and scars. I know there are in this room. Um, Maybe you've opened yourself up to being known. You've said, okay, here I am, this is me. And you've been rejected or shunned or maybe not loved in the way that um, you felt you should be. Maybe in the context of marriage, maybe your husband's just too preoccupied, or maybe he's too tired, maybe he's too selfish, you can pick a word, whatever seems to fit your situation, to spend too much time getting to know you and to love you, and you're tired of being the one trying to love in a one-sided relationship. Or maybe life has just gotten busy, and it isn't just such a priority as much to get to know and to um, find out and understand one another. Um, or maybe you've gotten to know your husband, and maybe you've seen his scars, and you've seen his wounds, and um, the struggles and the hurts are just a little bit more than you feel like you signed up for, and um, it's hard for you to move past that and to love um, a very real human being whose weaknesses affect your life too, honestly. So um, I wanted to give you just two little um, um, Loving reality checks that I think I need to hear and I wanted to pass along to you as well Number one and this is this is just reality your call to pursue knowing and loving your husband Is not based on whether he's doing a good job of knowing and loving you <laughs> I love it. As women we tend to place all of that desire to be fully known and fully loved on our husband. It's like we're just heat-seeking missiles, (laughs) please know me, please accept me, please love me, and then we dream of that day when they're finally just going to get it, and they're going to say, oh, I see you, and I love you, and I know you, and you're the most wonderful thing, I don't care about the scars, I don't care about the mess, and we come into marriage with this, finally, here it is, I've been waiting for this, and here it is. It would be so much easier to love them well if they would just love us perfectly, it's not the way we think. And so much bitterness and discontentment slides in when we're not paying attention. Um, the reality check is, and um, you may not be aware of this, I'm sure many of you are, but when you got married, you weren't signing up to get all of your dreams and desires and wishes fulfilled and met. You weren't signing up to be a princess who, is, um, um, who is, um, has every need taken care of um, right there in that relationship. Um, The beautiful truth that we've learned in who God is or who God has made us to be and in what he's done for us is that we have that, ladies. We have that. We're fully known. We're fully loved. We hold that in Christ whether we have a husband, whether we have a husband who loves us, whether we're divorced, whether we're remarried, whether we're um, in a great relationship, whether we're in a struggling relationship. That need that we feel that we know, it is met 100% in Jesus Christ. So when we come into marriage, um, we're not called to look for that fulfillment as we need it. We've got to have it. Instead, we're called, what we signed up for was to do the eternally valuable, Christ-like, but some days gut-wrenchingly hard work of loving an imperfect, messy, and some righteous, downright ugly human being. That's what we're called to. And so I I know that there are lots of those things in your mind um, and reasons why it's hard to pursue loving and knowing your husband, ways that you've been hurt. But I just want to remind you that it's not about what he's done. It's about who, what Christ has done, both for you and for him. And you can extend that freely to him, that desire. I want to know you. I want to love you, even when I don't feel like you're loving me the way you should. Does that make sense? Is that too harsh? And um, reality check number two. Um, you're not called to love the husband you thought you would have, but the one that you actually have. <laughs> <laughs> Desires about a husband become expectations placed on a husband about three seconds after you say, I do. And uh, just just so you know, just a, a resource, I'll just put it out there, that we on The Husband and I Love um, is Andy Stanley's I Marriage. It's lowercase I, marriage. And we actually found it for, for free on YouTube. And it goes to this idea of desires versus expectations. It's a great thing to desire A, B, and C, but when that turns into an expectation that your husband is not meeting, all of a sudden, we all know how that feels. Um, So disappointment in the real flesh and blood husband that you actually married quickly sneaks in and pushes us to subtly desire for our husbands to change just a little bit before we're going to fully seek knowing them or loving them. But God has given you this man today, and in his perfect wisdom, he's called you to seek to know and to love this man today. We're not called to love each other so long as our expectations are met, but as Jesus commanded, we are to love one another as I have loved you, regardless of how we have loved in return. So practically, I just wanted to give you a few ways that you can seek to know and love this man that God has given you today. Number one is commit. Vows are not just for weddings. Tell your husband that your love is not based on his performance. And mean it. He needs to hear that. Christ did not love us because we met his expectations. And so you love your husband because he, not what he produces, is your treasure. Number two, confess. Create and cultivate an environment where it's okay to just be yourself, to show your scars, to show your wounds. Um, make every effort that when your husband shows even just a little bit of that that yuck that you know is in there that you know is in you too, um, that make efforts to be gracious and to um, and to see that and to see not just the yuck that he's presenting but to understand what Christ is doing in him and what He's made in him. Let him be fully known and fully loved. Be quick to seek forgive to forgive and to seek forgiveness. Strive towards compassion and sanctification together. Number three is create. Be creative. Find new ways to get to know each other. Never stop dating and exploring one another. And asking those questions and finding out what he likes to eat for breakfast on Saturday mornings or whatever else that you can do. Um, Don't don't get weary in pursuing your husband in that way. The Lord has called you to it. And celebrate. Get in the habit of celebrating your husband. All of him. Um, The Lord delights in us, even in our struggles. Likewise, be diligent to encourage your husband and shower him in praise whether you're getting the same treatment or not. Um, the, the truth is that that's what he needs more than anything. We desire to be fully known and fully loved. He needs that as well. And it's not a magic treatment where all of a sudden if you pour this in, you're gonna get the perfect marriage, but you will be honoring the Lord in the way that you serve and love your husband. And, um, and I, am sus- I have the suspicion that the Lord will do big things um, through your sacrificial loving and knowing of your husband.